Okay, so we're talking to Mr. Tim Grover today. This is Dr. Mike Carberry with Advanced Medical Integration. I'm very happy to be here with Tim. I've heard him speak a couple times. I, I took his course. Uh, author of the book Relentless, a lot of our clients found out he's coming to our convention and they're just ecstatic about it. The, a lot of people have read your book. Uh, you've inspired a lot of people in, in the athletic industry and a lot of chiropractors that we have a lot of clients that are chiropractors, they're athletic. Sure. Um, I think when I first started chiropractic school, um, my first day of class, the professor asked how many people are here because they got injured. And there was 300 people in the room. And I'd say about 240 of them stood up. And the other, the other 60 are lying. Uh, yeah. And then what happened was, then he said, how many of you were in the Olympics? And four people stood up. And I was blown away um, that my classmates, some of them were in the Olympics. So um, there's a lot of our clients that are very, very interested to hear you speak. So thank you for coming here today oh, to do this podcast. Thank you for having me. My, yeah. my, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. And, and we're very, very excited about you coming to our convention in Orlando on April 26th and 27th. So... Um, I have a couple questions for you. Sure. Okay. We've been chatting all morning. It's been really fun. Mm -hmm. um, so tell, if you would like to share with us a little bit about your connection with the healthcare industry. I know you have some. And... Well, my connection with the healthcare industry is, you know, I'm known as, and I hate this title, but they call me a trainer. I don't, I don't consider myself a trainer. I consider myself the trainer because I try to stay on top of everything, but I've had to deal, I deal with you know, when you're dealing with healthcare of a professional athlete, it's not only physical, it's mental. I'm dealing with everything from their nutrition aspect, their uh, physical and mental well-being, in injury prevention, uh, supplements, and oftentimes, you know, unfortunately, times medication. So I have to be aware of all these different avenues that this individual is dealing with and the different team that they're also involved with you know are they using are they using a chiropractor are they using a massage therapist are they using a muscle activation guy who's their athletic trainer what's going on and my job is to try to integrate all those individuals and everything they're doing and figure out what's the best avenue and best system and best result to put in to maximize their their ability so you were the central link that handled all these different aspects yes and you know there's a lot of egos involved and there's a lot of people that want it they're so accustomed to doing things a certain way and I've never worked for an organization. I'm all there as an outsider. So my job is to maximize the client's abilities and maximize their potential. This isn't about trying to make the, uh, figure out what the team wants. This is about the individual, their longevity, their well-being, their health, their, um, their wellness. And sometimes people don't like what, they ha what I have to say and what I have to do but listen, you know, this is not working with, this doesn't fit here, we need you to change this. And when it's coming from an outside, outside, say, hey, listen, if we do it this way, it's gonna help everybody. And you know, change is diff it's difficult for individuals. Right. It, it really is. But when you get an individual to change their mindset just a little bit and they see the outcome. Yeah. And it's not immediate. Yeah. But if you keep the system in play, you can each day you see you see a little bit more you see a little bit more you see a little bit more you know unfortunately we're in a world now where it's instant gratification everybody right. wants they want to feel better right away they want to lose weight right away they want the pain to go right away okay they want that 
They want whatever whatever system you put them. They want to see the you give them the system, and an hour later, why isn't it working? Right. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Yeah, that's and that, true. And that's something you have to teach these teach these individuals because every we're in a now society because of the with technology and everything. You have access. You know, you and I, when we had to do our research papers. And so I, for this young audience, they might not even know this, there's a thing in a library called a Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> right. Okay? So right. when you did a research paper, you had to figure something out. Right. You had to go to the library. Yeah. You had to look it up, go find a book, sit down, read the book, all right? And you only had a certain amount of time to read it because you had to return the book. That's right. Now you just reach in your back pocket your phone and, and, it, and it's right there. Yeah. And they expect everything to be like that because they're so accustomed to having everything show up at their door, right. at their fingertips. And then when you talk about a person and their physical and mental state, understanding that in order to change that, you have to change the individuals around you, you have to believe in the system, and you have to allow it to take time to, to be able to... So mindset was probably a big thing you had to deal with. It is, yeah. it, it, you know, because every it's again everybody's looking for it now. When you try to tell an individual, the mindset is like, listen, you got to let this is something that you have to grow with. You have to understand it. You have to learn it. You know, it's it's. I try to tell them, the individuals that are so talented in what they do, is. It's repetition, repetition, repetition. You just don't do it once. You have to keep repeating it over and over and over again. Right. So when you're when a system is put into place for these individuals, you just can't do it once. You got to right. do it again and again and again. And if you continue to repeat it and get a little better each time and let it let it do what it's supposed to do, the mindset will grow with it. And you and the one thing that everybody has to understand from a mindset that is lost is patience and calm. Right, right. Okay. And we're not talking about just average people. I think most of our listeners know who you've worked with, mm -hmm. but it's okay if I mention Sure, people? yes. So we're talking people like Charles Barkley. Yes. Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant. Yes. You've trained these guys. Dwayne Wade, these individuals. I've worked with these individuals, and these individuals are at the top of their top, right. and they're looking to get better. You know? Right. So they're like, they're willing to make changes. They're willing to make adjustments. They're willing to have a new system put in, it was put into place to allow them to excel either, either more. And they understand it, that it is going to, it is going to take time. And, you know, nowadays people are always jumping from one individual to the other, to one thing to, you know, you follow one person on social media, you didn't like what they say. Now you're following somebody else and give it, give it a chance for it to work. Right, right. So we're very big with our clients um, on using systems in their practice to get things to be. So, you know, our, one of the things we teach is how to scale their practice. And that means that the doctor who hires us is usually doing a lot of the stuff themselves. And they have to step back and get other people trained and inspired and motivated. They have to kind of deal with the mindset thing, maybe not to the same degree that you dealt with, but they're doing it with people that they're working with on a daily basis. Um, so that's one of the things I find interesting about you is you've taken guys to levels that just like Michael Jordan, you know, I've said this personally and I don't want to insult anybody else, but that's the most incredible athlete I think I've ever even heard of. I, 
I agree. But again, there was a system in place. And one of the things that you just mentioned is in the beginning of his career, I kind of did everything. You know, everything that was related from a training standpoint, from a, a nutrition wellness standpoint. So you were then, handling all the stuff with him yourself? All by myself. Right. <clears throat> and then as he started to evolve and I, as I started to evolve, I, was, I had to say, in order for him to continue to get better, to continue to dominate, for his brand to grow uh, outside of basketball and for him to grow as an individual, I got to find a team of individuals that can do things, certain things better than I can. Right. How hard was that to do? Extremely difficult. Yeah. To, same you know, thing for me. Yeah. Just how hard it is just to let go of anything. Right. Uh, you know, and guys, we have clothing in our, we have suits in our closet that we haven't worn for 20 years, but they have a designer name on it. And we don't want to let go of that. <laughs> so if that's so difficult to do, right. imagine how it, how difficult it is to let go of something that you control the whole time. Right. But having the understanding that there are individuals out there that have certain, certain skills, certain talents that are better than yours. Right. All right, but this is where the whole thing that you talked about, the system comes into play. If you have the system in place, I'm, and then you get that individual to buy into that system, so they're still implementing your system, but the talent they have is better than yours, allow them the freedom to do that as long as it still fits inside the system. And that's the most difficult thing to do. Once you find those individuals, you'll see everything. You'll see your business. It, it'll it'll flourish like it's never flourished before. Right. So it, it, we're talking about this now, but just to be a little clearer, like you're, in your book, Relentless, you talk about obstacles and overcoming obstacles. Mm -hmm. What were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome in working with these super athletes? Well, working with these super athletes is they're already so good. So, you know, here, here's the thing. And I always equate everything in sports to business because you're always competing. In business, it's a competition. In Basketball or football, football, you play one game a week. Mm -hmm. play one, you play one game a week. In your business, you're competing every single day. Mm -hmm. You're competing every single day, every single hour, and you, don't have a, and you don't have a playbook for it. You don't know what's coming in. You don't know who's walking in the office that day, what obstacle you have, so forth. The stronger your system is, the more you'll be, you'll be able to deal with. But the thing I had to deal with was you have these elite athletes that are so talented. How do you elevate their game? So if you start, if you have something who's average, it's easy to show results. So, you know, if you're seeing 50 clients in a week, all right, it's a lot easier to get from 50 to 60 to 70. Now, if you're seeing four or 500, now to get to that next level, right? you know, you really have to know your stuff. You got to be willing to put extra time in there. You got to be able to put a, a program into place that's going to work. You have to have the staff in there. You have to have everybody work, working together. So my thing was, how do I elevate an individual who's already considered the best at what they are to raise that bar just 1%? Right. And then the next time, raise it, raise it again. So that's where it comes in where you're willing to talk to people. You're willing to continue to learn. You, you have to put aside that I know it all. You don't know right. it all. That's, you know, that's tough for some people it, to it's, do. It, it's tough. You know, I said, to me, when you think you know it all, that's actually when the learning begins. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean, like, you think you know something, and then all of a sudden you realize there's a whole lot more 
to yes. learn, that's when you really start to go, now I can learn. Because yes. you realize how much you don't know. Yeah. Um, but people are so, this is what I don't want. People get confused with, okay, a system is put into place to grow a business. Most people use a system that's placed in place to follow what everybody else is doing. And it doesn't, and it doesn't work that right. way. Because everybody says, this is how you run a medical practice. This is how you run a chiropractic business. This is how you run a training facility. This is how you run a PT business. These are the pieces you get. This is how you do it. This is that. You, you see a client for this amount of time, you bill them, you so forth, you move on to the next. And it becomes a cookie cutter. Right. All right. And, and then you're like, you have to sit down and say, well, there, there has to be, if it's a cookie cutter, why, am I, why is everything being put inside this box? Let's figure out something that's outside the box that can right. be better. And that's where the education starts. And you got to be willing to take a, you got a calculated risk. Right. Yeah. Right. So tell me about your book, Relentless. What what prompted you to write that book? I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the, the three different levels, mm -hmm. the cooler, the closer, and the cleaner. And I'm imagining guys on a basketball game, you know, and I could picture guys playing. They're, that guy's uh, the, the cleaner, and that guy's the cooler, and yeah. that guy is the closer. And so how did this all come about, and why did you write that book? Well, you know, there's so many books out there about working out, mm -hmm. you know, physically. And when I dealt with these athletes for such a long time, I was just like, what separates these individuals? Yes, they all work hard. They spend time on their skill set and so forth. But it's their mindset, the way they think. And a lot of times the way they don't think is what separates them from, every, from everybody else. What made Michael, I've dealt with many athletes that were more athletically gifted than Michael. All right. Really? Yeah, but they didn't have the mindset. mindset. They didn't have being able to block out distractions, being able to stay, being able to stay focused, being able to have clarity when you need it the, the most time. Same thing with the Kobe's and the, you know, the Wade's and the Barclays and other athletes that I've hadn't had a chance to work with, but I've been able to uh, talk to and be experienced around Serena Williams, Tom, uh, Tom Brady, those individuals. And it's the mindset that separates these individuals from the group. Right. You know, you look at some of the, they're not, they're not the, let's look at Tom Brady. If you were to test him from an athletic standpoint, even when he was coming out of, um, coming out of college, I think, I think he was, don't quote me on this. I think he was drafted like 199, 199. Really? He had the worst, uh, he had the, one of the worst combine tests and everything. Uh, his career's going pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah it, it's gone pretty, it's gone pretty good. Yeah. And what's it, he has the ability to, to see things that other individuals do, he's mentally he's mentally stronger than his co competition. As he's gotten older, obviously, you know he can't do the same things physically. But as the body starts to get uh, slower, the mind gets faster. Right. And that's what relentless is about. It's by being able to train the mind. And the categories that I have about the the coolers, the closers, and the cleaners is. I used to every time you watch TV and you watch. Uh, sports and sport they all would say a baseball player would get this oh he closed the game out and you know you'd see uh, a basketball player hit the last minute shot oh he you know that person's a, a closer and i was watching michael and i was just like you can't put him in the same category so if you're calling a, a guy who hits a game-winning shot a closer and he's hit one game-winning shot and 
Michael hits a game-winning shot, and you're also calling him a closer. I said, well, that's an insult to him. Yeah. This guy's on a this guy's on a di- this guy's on a different this guy's on a different level. Right. So then I started to look at different athletes and started to classify them in di- different ways. And then you know you had your coolers are your individuals. And again, this is also in business, and you see this all the time. And he said, "Got nothing." This has and I, one thing I want to make clear: this has got nothing to do with money. This has nothing to do. This has nothing to do with the amount of money and individual. The money is a byproduct. I agree. 100%. Yeah, it's a byproduct. 100%. It's not. You know, uh, just because a person is extremely wealthy doesn't make them a cleaner, which is a top level. Right. All right. <clears throat> so you have a cooler. Cooler's an individual that they're average. Mm-hmm. Okay. You give them something to do, they're going to produce the average result. So mm-hmm. if you're in a business of sales, you tell them to make 50 calls, they're going to make 50 calls. Mm-hmm. They may have another two hours left on the workday, but you told them to make 50 calls. Right. I did exactly what I'm supposed what you told me you told me to do. Mm-hmm. All right. You tell them to show the work hours is from 9 to 5. They show up at 9. They leave at 5. They leave at 5 o'clock. But you know what you're going to get out of them every single day. Right. You know what you're going to get out of them. All right. <clears throat> then you have a closer, a closer an individual that delivers the end result over and over again. As lot as long as a lot of obstacles aren't thrown that way, you give them a game plan. They're going to follow the game plan exactly. If a variable that's thrown at them that isn't in the game plan, that's like okay, they don't know how to kind of deal right. with that. Like, oh, how do I? How, how do this is? It's not in the playbook. I didn't see this. What's going on? Um, when you gave me the sales manual, that question, how to answer that question, wasn't in there. So, and the blame goes on to somebody else. Right. You did not prepare me. For that situation. Right. Okay. A cleaner gets the end result over and over and over again, no matter what's thrown at him. Yeah. I can see what you mean by the mindset and why that was Michael's and probably your other clients' top asset was their mindset. It's it's in business and everything. Listen, if you're in a sale, just like Michael used to say, I've missed thousands of shots. All right. Equate that to a, if you're in business of sales, how many calls do you have to make before you get that shot to go in? Most of them are misses, 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 misses. Okay, but you can't let those misses discourage you. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, in business, I see that a lot of times, especially being in healthcare, a doctor, whether it's a medical doctor, chiropractor, nurse practitioner, whoever, um, they're at the top, they appear to be at the top of the game when they're really doing well and they're helping patients. And they're, but a lot of times these individuals, you know, that's not the top of the game. The top of the game is where they take that knowledge and say, now let me get other people to do it. That's a great point. So here's, a, here's also a difference, a, a characteristics difference between a closer and a cleaner. A closer will not help other individuals. A cleaner will always extend their knowledge and what they've done to others. Right, because not only it challenge, they want to challenge that other individual, it challenges them. Right. It forces them to raise their game and to elevate it because they know somebody helped them and a part of a cleaner's job. A cleaner is an individual who not only can elevate himself or herself, but can also elevate the individuals around them, which is the most difficult thing. I totally to- agree, you know, because that's what, my, what I've shifted my focus to. I was a good chiropractor. I was a good doctor. And... Um, to shift from that to 
let's get other people to do it. Let's yes. let's like the name of our company is integration. That is getting different licenses to work together. Yes. That's an even tougher. That's thing. so difficult yeah. to do. And you had to deal with some of that. I I still have to deal with it. it, it it's a lot because everybody's so. Everybody wants. There's enough credit to go around for everybody. Mm -hmm. All right, but you have individuals. They they want all the credit. And, when, right. and it's, that's the quickest way to destroy a team. It's the quickest way for a system that you're trying to implement not to work. There's enough credit to go around for all. And if everybody puts their skill sets together physically and mentally and puts their knowledges together, everybody will flourish and we'll all win together. Yeah, that was one of the things that really resonated with me with your description of the, uh, the cleaner that they're not looking for the credit, that they don't want to be in the limelight, they don't have to be in the limelight, they just do it, do it, they, do it. That's it, that, it's, their, it, it's their, you know, it's their job. You, like, you know, people come in and come up, you listen, if you're, if you're in the sales business or you're in the uh, healthcare business and uh, chiropractic, you go out and say, listen, I cured, I helped this client get better. You're supposed to help the client get better, right? That's why they came to you. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's what they. That's what they came. That's yeah. what they came to you. All right, Michael always said, "Michael, Cole, I'm supposed to make baskets. I'm supposed to stop the other team. I'm supposed to win games. Why is people looking to get pat on the back for things that they're supposed to do? Right. You know, boss, I closed three sales today. You're supposed to close sales. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, a couple of questions I have here. You've dealt with a lot of athletes over the years, and uh, one of the things that our clinics do around the country is we're very big in regenerative medicine. It's not by, the only thing we do by far, but we found that to be very advantageous, and that climate in this country has changed tremendously over the last decade. Mm -hmm. um, tell me, do you have any experience with seeing athletes use that? Oh, listen, I've had almost all of my top athletes had to use some form of regenerative, you know, alternative medication. Right. You know, not, I'm not talking about stuff that you can prescribe. I'm talking about, you know, looking outside, thinking in different like locations, stem cells, and, stem cells and, you know, uh, different kind of blood therapy and so forth. And, and back when I was doing it, it, you couldn't even find it in the state. So I was such a big opponent of it that I literally would fly individuals to Germany because I found a doctor who was way ahead of the game back then, knew all the stuff. I said, listen, I, I flew down there myself, did the research, so forth, sent a couple of clients down there. So we've been using it for a while. And it's really, really made a huge, diff huge difference. Yeah. You know, the, taking the, a pill is a temporary solution. Right. It's not the cure. That's right. Okay, I'm not looking for a mask. I'm not looking for a mask. I'm looking for to solve the problem. A mask does not solve the problem. Right. It's interesting that the Olympic Committee a couple of years back actually ruled that using regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy or whatever name you want to use is not considered doping and an athlete can do it and yes. still participate. So, yeah, yeah that, that's what we like about it. It's a nat more natural way to get people well and it helps them avoid the more um, invasive procedures like yeah. drugs. And, and you have to look at long, you have to look at long term, you know. You, you get on certain kinds of medication, you can you may get that quick result, all right? But again, isn't this all about longevity? Right. Is it, is it actually about curing or is it actually just about masking? Well, it's the same thing you said just when you started our conversation about the mindset. You want instant gratification or do you want the long-term, right. the, the long-term viability? Right. Yeah. Hey, you, whatever's causing 
your pain or your issue, it didn't come on just like that. It took time. Right. All right. So now it's going to take time to naturally take care of it. And if you follow the plan and you follow the system, it will work. But you have to, it has to be a different mindset. You have, the mindset has to be, I need to, I need to give this an opportunity to, to work. And if I do it and I do what I'm supposed to do, and this is why a lot of people are afraid of, you know, alternative medicines and different therapy programs is because it requires them to do some of the work. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a big part of it. They don't want to do, they don't, I don't have time. Oh, you have all, you always have time for the things you do first. Right. That's right. All right. Time is something you have to be able to create. Right. So it's, the, so everybody wants it now. So if you do this, when I've dealt with my athlete, I always said, listen, they've kept me along for an extended period of time. So a lot of individuals throughout their whole careers, you, you, you got to give this time to work. You got to give this time to work. Okay. You got to give, you got to give the chance, the mindset, a, cha a chance to change. You got a cha uh, chance to naturally feel the way your body is supposed to feel. Right. When's the last time an individual actually felt the way they're supposed to feel? That's right. Some people say, well, I can live it as long as I do blah, blah, blah. And what we'll say to them is, what if you didn't have to live with it? What would oh, that be like? Why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you have some experience with healthcare. So let's go back a little bit and look at your history growing up. What were some of the adversities you had to uh, overcome? What led you into the field you got into? Obviously, you became probably the most famous trainer that, that you know people hear of in this country because of the success you had with athletes. What got you into that? What was your family background? I know you had a family that were involved in healthcare. Tell us yeah, a bit so, you about know, my, that. Uh, my mom was a nurse practitioner for... 40 plus years over at one of the biggest hospitals at Northwestern, uh, Northwestern in Chicago. Right. I mean, you know, hospitals known world worldwide. And my, my, my dad also in the health, health industry, medicine industry. And back then, you know, we were talking about the seventies and the eighties, you still had medicine wasn't quite as prevalent as it is now. You know, you, and neither was alternative. There was actually none of alternative medicine. If there was, it was very, very, very small. And if everybody looked at that, they thought you were witchcraft or something. Right, you, know, you, right. didn't, yeah. you didn't know what you what you were doing. So I got to I got a chance to see a lot of the different healthcare stuff and the, the way doctors operated and the way nurses operated and so forth. And the buzzers going off of the pills and everybody's coming in for the for the medicine. And I got to hear these stories from my parents talking about, you know, this, you know, we've had a patient in here for so-and-so after surgery, then they're, they're not, they're not getting better. Mm -hmm. they're, right. not, they're not getting better. And then my parents always wanted, they wanted me to be, they wanted me to be a doctor. And I, when I went to, when I went to college, I was like, I didn't know really what I wanted to study. Like most people in their freshman year. So I exercise science was something new that was coming in. Mm -hmm. And I, I took a couple of classes in there. I said, oh yeah, this, and they, there, there was no, in my four years of my undergrad, there was never any medicine, uh, any mention of medication. Right. Interesting. You know, everything from an exercise science standpoint, Yeah. you know, there was, you know, you talked about different dietary stuffs and what mm -hmm. foods did to you and different so, but there wasn't anything about, you know, 
beta blockers and anti-inflammatories and so forth. It was just, everything was all natural. This is what you did, this right. is, you know. And if you had you ate this, this is what happened. This is what the sugars did to the body. This is what happened to glucose and the metabolism and the Krebs cycle and all this other stuff. And this is how you were, if you got injured, this is what the exercises you would do. So it was a whole sign. There wasn't any any mention of medication in there at all. Right. So my idea was like, okay, I played college basketball, but I wasn't good enough to make a living at it. I wasn't. I, I was forced enough to be on a college team, mm -hmm. let alone trying to play at a play at a professional play at a professional level. Right. And then I did blow out my uh, I blew out my knee. I think my sophomore junior year, and I had the surgery. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Now it's like, okay, you ready to go? I'm like, I'm ready to go. My leg is the size of my finger, my pinky. Right. I said, I'm not, I'm not ready to go. So then I started to do miles. Well, this is what I studied. This is what I learned. So I started to implement my own stuff in there, of what I did from a training standpoint and what I learned through my uh, my classes and so forth. And then from there, I rehab myself, got back out on the basketball court, and I was like, you know what? I want to train professional athletes. I want to make sure what's ha what happened to me does not happen. To these in, to these individuals, right? That's a good story. You know, and then you, the, you, one of the biggest obstacles was being able to work with the team athletic trainers to work with. Back then, you know, you didn't have a whole lot of masseuses and so forth. And, and a lot has evolved since then, but being able to get the doctor on the same page and you know say, you know, this person's uh, this client's knee is inflamed. All right, we're going to give them this, Doc. Why are you give me why? Before you do that, let me try something. Right. Okay. Now there's certain there are certain places that from an athletic standpoint where we didn't have the time and we needed the. Right. I won't say a, a quick fix. We just needed to do what was necessary at that at that time, but they understood that that was just a strictly a temporary solution for now. Right. But for the long-term thing, for the overall health and trying to get the doctors and everybody to buy into this and understand it, that was a huge obstacle. And it's still a, it's still a huge obstacle. But if you show the results and you show them that your system works, and this is not, and it's been done not just once, it's been done numerous times over and over again, then people start to let go of their their ideas and their thoughts that they were saying, well, this isn't right. They're like, well, maybe this actually is right. Right, right. You know, um, you told us, I heard you tell the story a couple times and it's pretty fascinating. Do you mind me asking you, uh, how did you get to work with Michael Jordan? Sure. So, there's 15 players on, and this was something where, now that I think about it, this was the, the least cleaner move I've ever done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the area time where there was no emails. Mm -hmm. Okay. You had to actually write a letter. Okay. On a typewriter. Right. All right. Or write it down, drop it in a mailbox, put a stamp on it and it would get delivered. So there are 15 players on a basketball team. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm from Chicago. So I wrote, 14 letters to every player on the Bulls roster to say, hey, this is what I do. Give me a chance to work with you, or not, so forth. 
So I sent them all out. The one person I did not write the letter to was Michael Jordan. Really? Yeah. That's why I said, talk about a, a non <laughs> talk about a cooler move out right. of there. We've all done them. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, he's already the best, or he's top. Why? Why does he need help? Right. Why does he need help? All right. I get one response back. Who was it? Michael. Oh. How did he, what happened? So when he does, he got the letter out of somebody else's locker and looked at it and was like, and he was like, told the athletic trainer, Dr. Hare, find out what this guy's about. Wow. So then I went through a whole process with the team doctor, with a team athletic trainer to make sure I knew what I was doing. I did not know who I was, who they were talking, because I didn't know they were talking about Michael. They didn't tell me who it was. So, you know, three months, hey, Tell us about your philosophy. What have you done? Come in and we want you to work this person out. We want you to see here. What would you do if this person, if this injury happened? Whatever. So I'm going back and forth. So I'm thinking, all right, they're going to bring me on to somebody else. And they say, hey, go to this ad. Three months later, they said, go to this address here. Your cl the client wants to meet with you. Okay. So this was when Michael first got started. You know, he, the house wasn't gated. There was no big sign. And then just walk up to the door. He'd right. ring, the, ring the doorbell. As I said, be here at so-and-so time. So I ring the doorbell, and Michael Jordan opens up the door. <laughs> Were you flirted? No. So that, that's the one thing. I've never, I've never been a starstruck person. Okay. I've never been a starstruck person. And I always say this. Sometimes everyone gets an opportunity in life, gets a special opportunity. Right. All right? You never know when it's going to come. Right. When it comes, you better be freaking prepared for it. <laughs> That's right. All right. So I know if I would have been starstruck or I would have been gone like, oh my God, Michael Jordan or ever gone, man, can I get an autograph or something right. like that? The deal would have done. Well then, hey, you know, I was told to meet you here at this time. Come on now. We sat down, talked to him for about 45 minutes, told him my philosophy plans, all this other stuff. And, you know, he goes, this sounds, this sounds too good. I said, give me 30 days. Okay. I said, give me 30 days. 30 days turned into 15 years. Wow. And I said, the first thing I said, we're going to do is like, listen, I've noticed you've constantly, you know, you have, there's a hamstring issue. There's a, you know, there's a, a, a you're always pulling, pulling muscles, certain things. I said, let's address those situations first. I said, Let, we'll worry about everything else later. Cause I said, the healthier you are, the better you can perform. Think about that in daily life. The healthier you are, the right. better you can perform. Yeah. Personal life, business, relationship, athletics, kids, everything. The healthier you are, the better you can perform. That's true. That's very true. So I said, let's address that for let's address that first. Let's address the stuff. Even though you think you're healthy. But you get these little tweaks. I said, well, when you get a pull or something, I said, what do they, what, what, what do, they do? Oh, you know, tell me to take some, they said, you know, tell me to take some aspirin and they wrap it up and let's, let's get away from that. Okay. okay. Let's, instead of dealing with, and this is the great thing that you guys are trying to implement. Okay. Most people deal with the symptoms. They mm -hmm. want to cure the symptoms. Right. Let's deal with the cause. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's deal with the cause. So what we're doing is everything you're going on with, Mo Michael, you're only dealing with the symptoms. 
but what's causing your hamstring to constantly pull? What's causing this? What, what's causing these different imbalances? So what was it like in dealing with him? Like, did, did you have to wrestle with his mindset or was he right there? Here's a, here's a wonderful thing that I've learned about really high-driven individuals, really successful people. They're open to help. They want to get better. They're open to new ideas. They know they don't know it all. Right. You know, it's funny. You'll find out that when you try to implement your health system, the, the most successful businesses are the ones that are the most interested. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. You know, it is funny the ones that, that you think don't need the help that are already doing, that are, are have a great success rate with their patients, are doing extremely well from a financial standpoint, they're looking to get better. Yeah, It's the middle of the road individuals or the lower end, you have the hardest time, they're the least open to new ideas, they're the least open to change, and that's why they're there. And I've always, and all the greatest individuals I've ever dealt with, business, uh, sports, they're always open to, as long as you know what you're talking about. Right. They can weed through stuff real, real smart. So if, they, if it doesn't, like, nah, this doesn't make sense, I'm going. But you right. can explain to them and do it quickly. Yeah. Not a drawn, like long, drawn out, you know, I, you have you sit down with an individual and you're trying to convince them two hours later, something's not going right. Right. No. So M Michael was the first one? Michael was my first professional. So who athlete. was the next one? Well, I, well, for the, it was for, uh, for the first, um, First three years, Michael didn't allow me to train any other athlete. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was that was part of that was part of our deal. You know, he he has a great line. He goes, "Listen, I don't pay you to train me." He goes, "I pay you not to train anybody else." <laughs> no. That's good. Yeah. So he did not. Then after that, he allowed me to. Oh, oh he went. Uh, he allowed me to do some work during the off season, like mm -hmm. during you know when the basketball season was over. He said, "Hey, listen, you can work with some." Some of the guys. So then I started to work with a lot of the lo a lot of the local uh, pros that used to stay and lived in Chicago. I mean, not big t names, but I mean, very high competitive. There was Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill. You have to be a real basketball player, know in know in Chicago. Uh, Kenny Norman, a bunch of these things. And my but what Michael did was he started to bring other teammates on into the thing. I started. I had a long relationship and worked many years with Scotty with Scotty Pippen. I had a long last uh, Ron Harper. Who had, was a great player for Cleveland Cavaliers had a knee had a knee sir, uh, torn ACL and was never rehabbed correctly, mm -hmm. and the Bulls had signed him to a contract and they were about to let him go, and Michael convinced him to work. And he said, "Listen, try my guy out." So we had what was known as a breakfast club. So all three of those individuals would work out together, um, and if they showed up and did what they were supposed to do. They got a chance to. The, the reward was a cooked breakfast. Right. If they didn't. Huh? It, 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 it was. It wasn't there. And then you know, obviously, when Michael retired, uh, he put me in touch with Kobe Bryant. I had. I've had Dwayne. Dwayne Wade was a client of mine since he's basically the first year he was in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I've had a chance. And then you know, we've worked. Now we're working with difference in footballs and baseballs and char. You know, if you look at it, if you. If you're a real basketball historian, I mean, I've had a chance to work with, you know, Scotty, uh, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Charles Barkley, Akeem, Akeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. I mean, if you put a roster of the, the greatest of the greats, they're, yeah. they're, they're all there. And the one thing I've noticed about all of them, all open to new ideas. 
willing to willing to willing to implement it as long as they saw the results. But they knew in order to see the results, they had to do their part. Right. You know, that's a great formula for success. With our guys that we're dealing with, we see the same thing. The more open they are to new ideas and doing the work that they need to do to get it done, right. the more likely they're going to be successful. Right. It's exactly. And you just, you just summarized everything in that little sentence right there. You got to be open to the new ideas, but you got to be willing to, to do, do the work. work. Just being that's open right. to a new idea is not going to get you the end result. You right. still have to put in the... You still have to put in the work. And these days, society and people, you get rewarded for not, you get rewarded for just showing up. I mean, if you have kids now, if you have kids that go into summer programs and so forth, they're participation trophies. You get a trophy That's right. for showing up. Yeah. You, you, and, That's and, and, job. The parent, and the parents <laughs> stand up and clap and, you know, oh my, you know. Right. Yeah. You, you don't get rewarded. You, you, you still have to do the work. Right. You right. still have to do the work. You could have the greatest system on paper, but if you're not willing to implement it and do what it takes, it's not going to work. Yeah. Then it becomes your fault. So talk to me about the zone. The zone's about clarity. Okay. It's about clarity. It's about having that focus and clarity up there, being able to block out distractions, being able to make a decision for, decision for yourself, not letting outside stimulus constantly bombard you what's in there. It's owning the real estate between your ears. Right. That's what goes to what you said earlier about staying calm, yes. being clear, being able to, to see what's going on in front of you and handle that. No matter how successful you are, life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. There's it's, always going to be crap. There's always, there's always going to be something. It's just the more successful you are, the less sympathy people have for you because they just see the dollar signs right you know just because you're extremely wealthy doesn't mean you <laughs> your kids won't have problems in school right all right you know doesn't mean there's there are no relationship issues that doesn't mean that your car is not going to start one single that things have people just don't see those people just don't see those things but and it's hard for them because they think that money, and if you think the money is a cure-all, it's not. Everyone is still going through things. So in the zone, the zone is about knowing what you're doing so well that you don't have to think. <clears throat> I make a thing about, about athletes. The greatest athletes, thinking is actually a distraction for them. Because if you're thinking, you're not in the moment. Right, I can appreciate that. Right, very much. but in order to get to the state of not thinking, it requires years and years and years of thinking. Right, and yeah. practice and drilling. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're big on as well. Yeah. So you don't hit that game-winning shot when you hit that game. -winning. You hit that game-winning shot three years ago with the, the the practices over and over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. And then very few people understand the zone. The zone. You have to put in the work physically and mentally to be able to put yourself in a zone state, to be able to put yourself in a don't think state, to be able to put yourself when there's everything around you is chaotic. You think about the person who has to, the pitcher who's closing out a game. All right. You have all these fans that are yelling and screaming and they're all nervous and you got, you know, the batters over there. What is a pitcher thinking on that time? I'll say, what is a pitcher thinking? 
He's not thinking. That's right. He's doing. Yes. <laughs> he's right. not He's not thinking. You know, because all the announcers always say that. I wonder what he's thinking about. Well, if he's thinking about something right now, he's about to mess up. That's right. Yeah. You know, we notice that a lot in business. Guys will actually overthink things and not act. And that's like the kiss of death. Over, I have to say, overthinking is the art of creating problems that don't exist. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. I got to tell you, your career... It's inspiring to talk to you just because your career has been getting people to perform at such a high level and seeing how to have a system to get people to that level. Um, and actually, your career itself was the same way. You've gotten to a very high level, and you had to apply the same things to yourself. So it's been actually a very big honor for me to sit here and interview you Oh, pleasure. Today. It's great. And thank it's, you. Um, I'm looking so forward to this event. So am I. It's going to be awesome. You're exactly what a lot of our guys need to hear. Exactly what they need to hear. So, Tim, thank My you pleasure. so much for coming thank you, here. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate right. it. Thank right. you. Good. So we'll see you guys at our convention April 26th, 27th in Orlando. We'll see you then.